Sweat Equity Podcast. Pragmatic entrepreneurial advice is a real raw dog talk. This one's going to be a little bit low-key intro. It's not uh, so raw dog. Well, this one's not so quite businessy as it is uh, Slice of Life with uh, David Mendelson Curry. Uh, talks about a former client of mine where he has his heart transplanted. Yeah, mind-blowing. Mind-blowing story. Um, he got a hold of me in May, and we we're just getting to having him on the podcast. Uh, if you want to support the show, sweatequitypod.com, try grasshopper.com forward slash sweat, the entrepreneur's phone app, uh, Warby Parker, warbyparker.com forward slash sweat, or um, what else we got? You want to hire Eric Redinger, go to eric at sweatequitypod.com. You want to hire me? Law at ChocoWorks, T-O-C-O-W-O-R-K-S.com. Subscribe, uh, five star, share with a friend, because we're the number one comedy business podcast in the world. Finally. Let's get it going. Uh, howdy time. Wow, that yeah. sucks. Yeah, we're going to go low key. What about my sweat equity? Sweat equity. Sweat, 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 sweat equity. My sweat equity. My, my sweat equity. What about my sweat equity? Um, how's it going? How you feeling? Good. Can you hear us? Yeah, can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah. Are you good? All right. Um, we we go right into it. So uh hit anybody with your plugs. Uh any, any place people can find you, any of that? Great. Well, uh, my website is brushlegacystudio.wix.wait. Let me start over with that. Sorry, because I don't go to my own website that much. brushlegacystudio.wixsite.com. And on Facebook, it's just David Mendelson Curry. brushlegacystudio.wixsite.com. Correct. Um, Got to get rid of that wixsite.com yeah. part. Come on, buddy. Yeah, it's um, only it's. I don't use Instagram, so I just use that to show my art, and it's not really a business. All right, that's all right. We can that still get sense. rid of Wix in your uh, domain URL somehow. Yeah, we'll yeah. You can uh, with Wix, you can actually pay them a fee to get that taken off. Oh, we all, we know all about it. We've we've made yeah. like two hundred websites. Uh, and a lot of them, not we're, we're trying to convert people over to Squarespace from Wix, but that's a whole other episode. Yeah. I think. Um. So, so people find you on. You said your other your other plug would be for your Facebook page. Is that what you said? Yeah, just David Mendelson Curry. Okay. Um. So this is this is a bit of a different slice of life kind of story for our podcast. Um. You and I connected, I don't know, maybe in May or something like that. Huh? Um, and as we're recording this, it's it's late August. Um, and so I had a, I'll try to set the table as best I can. You, you fill in any gaps to kind of get it to uh, where you, you kind of take part in the story. Uh, I had a client, uh, a really, I had a bunch of clients when I uh, had, had an agency um, Matt Callahan being one of them that I, you know, befriended. He was a 
a muralist, manmademurals.net, if that's still on. Manmade, you know, oh my gosh, new keyboard. I don't know how to type. This is really interesting I don't know how stuff to type. you're doing this here. Dude. You search so me exciting. I'm just making sure it up later. Manmademurals.net, it's gone. Okay, so. Why would it still be right, Manmademurals.com. It could be .com. I wanted to say it was a .net, man. Because yeah, I know it's still there. It should still be there. I hope right. it is. Uh, and my mutual friend, nope, it's gone. Um, so let's put it this way. Uh he came to me in probably 2016 through a friend of mine, uh, Katie Wyatt, who I think was keeping his brand alive. Maybe was keeping the website alive for a little bit. Uh, in 2016, helped we helped him kind of rebrand. Uh, he needed a new brand. He needed um, he needed to get the word out there that he was one of these guys that could mimic any. Oh, you could give him anything, and he could mimic it on a on a mural on a wall. Um, did a lot of iconic spaces in the Tampa Bay area, but also around the country. Um, and so uh, I, I remember some kind of gaming-ish bar that was a franchise that would keep hiring because he just had that kind of – he had a he was the only artist I've ever met that had the very business-like uh, attitude towards painting, which we got along kind of thick as thieves. He was um, – When he, you do murals, you almost have to. You think you know. so, though, but – you know, you know a lot of artists too that yourself included, because you're you're kind of a you're you're a diva when, sure. you, when you get near the canvas. Yeah. Um, and so I was I, before we got on air, I was like, "What have you been doing today?" You're like, "I've been painting." Yeah, I meant I was painting took, my kids' you, rooms. And you took your ascot. A new color. You took your is ascot. What I meant. <laughs> you took your. I do paint, and I put an ascot on when I do it. I do do that. But not today. And then you t- you took off. Today it was the regular. Painting. You took off your monocle and wiped it on your boa and you put it back on and you go, put my sorry, cigarette out on sorry, your arm. I've been painting today. Um, so Matt Callahan, man made murals. I felt pretty sharp because I came up with a logo he liked, which I felt might've yeah. been the toughest of tough. He had a thing for Deadpool and a lot of the Marvel stuff. So I did M within an, a negative space M and an M on top of that. It's probably better when I see it and well, instead of you describing it with your fingers. I don't, know, what I don't, I don't know where it's at now okay. online. Um, and then, uh, you know, he, he was one of those clients that was so interested in me doing stand-up, he, would, he actually would show up at some of the open mics I was doing. Um, good dude, one of these, like, real intense guys. Uh, good dude. And I don't – and correct me when all the timeline happened, but uh, about, I don't know, two years ago, a year and a half ago, he was – he got in a fight. Uh, yeah, three years ago. Three years ago. Um, you know, got in a fight, got one of those one-hitter quitters, fell to the ground, uh, died, I think, instantly right there. Um, my, yeah, actually, he hit his head and was... Right, he got punched, uh, I think, and hit his head. He got punched in the face. He fell back, hit his head because they were doing the construction of the connection between the Crosstown and the Gandhi Bridge. So it was on a bar right near that construction for those, site. For those outside the area, not a great ha- place oh. to hang out. You know. Yes, not not yeah, not the best neighborhood. But you know, Matt was adventurous. Yep. And it was a place he liked to hang out. So he got sucker punched. Was considered brain dead. Uh, they pretty much pulled the plug on 
uh, the 13th of April. So Friday the 13th, 2018. And then, uh, that, yeah, the rest is history after that. And so let's, let's bring everybody up to speed where you come into play. You're an artist. Um, you've been an artist in the area for a, a while and knew of Matt, correct? Yes. I uh, lived in Channelside at a condo in Channelside, and I had seen Matt painting. I never knew. I never met him at all. I just would see him painting. Um, and then I had attended a couple of events at Splitsville, which is there in Channelside, and he had done the murals in Splitsville. Splitsville and then I have the, a friend. It's a fancy bowling alley. For a, it is yeah it's got a restaurant it's it's i think the i think it's backed by hooters so it's like a really kind of happening place um there's one at disney springs at walt disney world in orlando mm -hmm. so i'd seen his work there but then a friend of mine chef art smith opened a restaurant called homecoming in disney springs and i had, was visiting with him at his restaurant had been sick at the time i had an artificial heart installed i had stage four heart failure and uh took a picture with chef smith and behind me is matt's mural and it turned out on february 14th the day after matt was considered officially deceased i received the call from tampa general that a uh, donor had been found for a heart transplant and long story short, I ended up with Matt's heart. Well, we don't we don't want to just yada yada over that, right? That that's, okay. That's what we we like to call kismet or synchronicities on this. Yeah, show. that's crazy that you're an artist too, and and I mean, you knew of him, like the fact and I knew him, and I had seen him. I had seen yeah. him painting in my own neighborhood. How how uh, how how bad would this have been had he not passed away for you? Were you uh, where were you in the in the search? I was on uh, something called an LVAD, a left ventricular assist device. It's a titanium heart pump that attaches to the left ventricular, left ventricle. And there were wires that exited out by abdomen into a computer pack with batteries. So I was battery operated. Whoa. And without that, I could live only about 90 seconds. Oh my God. Whoa. So with that heart pump, it was day to day. And it was, you know, if I was in the car, you plug into like the cigarette, you know, into the car battery. Wow. If oh, I'm yeah. home, I could plug into the wall. But my life was reliant on that machine. Chargers. So I was placed on the transplant list. No camping for you. No camping. No, no. We did actually go glamping. Like, and moved to Tokyo. We went glamping and we went to a place where they had electricity. And it was because you're in the middle of nowhere. So that's a little dangerous. I was always supposed to be within like an, you know, close range of a hospital. Sure. You can't hook up to a generator. Or could no. you? And I, you know, you really shouldn't because of the power fluctuation. Mm. It oh, yeah, could have superhero. Yeah. Iron Man. You know, it was, yeah. yeah, it was. It was like, uh, in fact, I did a painting on it, and I don't have it in the room to show you guys because uh, I took it down, but it's called uh, Power Through Machines. So it's a, a pop art, 30 by 40 canvas, and it's a bear. 
because my nickname is Bear, and it has like this artificial heart thing with all these gears, and it's kind of cool. I'd done that when I was on the machine, but I just called the machine because it's too hard to always say Elvad. Sure. So that with so without Matt's transplant, without his heart, um, the machine was failing. It's a rare thing, but it was malfunctioning. So I could not lay on my side when I slept. If I rolled over on my side, the machine would start oh my God. sputtering pretty much. And it also, in 2017, it threw a clot into the left side of my brain, and I had a stroke. So I was taken off the transplant list in order for my brain to heal because they didn't want me to bleed out on the operation table. So they took me off the transplant list until they could, and they couldn't do an MRI because I was filled with titanium. So they just based the healing of my brain on CAT scans, which aren't really clear. And they could just kind of see, okay, it looks like it's kind of cleared up. So we'll put you back on the list. Three weeks after being back on the heart transplant list, Matt died. And to be a transplant recipient, the donor and the recipient have to have the same blood type and they have to be the same size. So Matt was, I believe, 6'3", and I'm 6'2". Mm-hmm. We're both uh, O. I don't remember my blood type. That's awful. We were O. You might want to remember that one. <laughs> if well, if you're O. Actually, you're good now. I'm O something. And uh, he was he was a perfect match. And it wasn't until I wrote, you're allowed to write a letter to the family. And it has to be completely anonymous for privacy reasons. But I suspected who it was because people were just friends of mine were like, hey, this is too much of a coincidence that that artist Matt Callahan had died. And the news said that he had donated his organ. So he died at Tampa General. You were at Tampa General at the time of the transplant. There's a good chance it could be him. And, you know, at first you kind of, you kind of dismiss it because you just think, you know, that's just, that's not, what are the chances of an artist getting the heart of another artist and it being local? Um, my doctor said it was like only like one in 76,000 chance that the donor and the recipient should be at the same place at the same time. So there was that. But then when I wrote the letter and a few weeks later, I got a letter back from Erica Callahan, Matt's wife at the time. Um, explaining that, yes, she wanted me to understand who Matt was as an artist and the fact that she'd been told I was an artist. She just felt it was meant to be. And there's a whole lot of other coincidences that are wrapped into all of this. Lead us. Lead yeah, us I want to hear them. This is, this I mean, is... I'm intrigued here. This is crazy. You know, I moved to, I moved to uh, Fort Lauderdale from Seattle. And and never had any intention of staying very long, but I took a job in Tampa. So that's how I ended up in Tampa from Fort Lauderdale. And that was in 2012, but back, backing up 2008, I was visiting Fort Lauderdale. I was still living in Seattle. I went with friends to new Orleans Labor Day weekend. So it'll be however many years coming up this weekend. And we were having a good time and we were taking pictures in front of, I don't remember the name of the, it's that famous landmark, that white spired church in New Orleans. I don't know the name of it. 
So I'm an idiot when it comes to travel, but. Well, in your Jackson Square, I think. Something, yes, somewhere, yes, Jackson Square area. So we took pictures, and when Erica, Matt's wife, saw on my Facebook page those pictures, and when he had met, she said, I have to tell you, were you there Labor Day weekend 2008? And I said, yes. And she said, what time was that picture taken? Because I was across the street, and Matt was proposing to me during that time. No way. And yeah, and so she she actually told the Tampa Bay Times in an interview that she thinks it's possible we passed each other on the sidewalk. And the reason it stands out to us is because Hurricane Gustav was approaching, which is the first major hurricane after Katrina to come towards New Orleans, and we were all evacuated. And even though I lived in Fort Lauderdale, I was placed on a Southwest Airlines flight out of New Orleans to come to Orlando. And they said, once we get you, once we evacuate you to Orlando, we'll just figure out how to get you home to Fort Lauderdale. And then Erica said the same thing. Her and Matt were placed on a flight to Orlando. We don't know that it was the same airline. We don't know if we were there, uh, you know, what time, but we were both evacuated the same, you know, early morning hours before the hurricane. So there's that coincidence that we were there in 2008 yeah i was a little nervous i was like oh it might not be so good that he was proposing at that moment it wasn't like they were just there i was he was proposing and i'm across the street taking pictures yeah so i call them orbits like planets that orbit each other and there's been many times in in the last decade that matt and i came very close to each other weird the proposal me living in the same neighborhood where he was painting a mural, having, we both knew Chef Art Smith, mutual friends, Erica, his wife, her best friend, her mom worked at an insurance company here in Tampa where my friend Brady worked and sat next to her. And that's how the family figured out it was probably me before we met after the transplant because he was saying, hey, my friend David just got a transplant your daughter's friend, Erica, her husband died and he donated his heart. Wouldn't it be weird if Matt and David were matched? And she's like, I'm going to tell my daughter to tell Erica about this. And that's when like these weird friend requests started coming through Facebook of people that knew Matt. And I'm, and that's part of the, the suspicion that I had of the, that I had Matt's heart. Because all of a sudden I was getting like people like Tanae Tucker and uh, different people that were like saying, you know, they wanted to do a friend request, but really stealthy about it because it wasn't confirmed yet on either side. They hadn't confirmed it was me and I hadn't confirmed that it was Matt, but we just were all suspicious. It just seemed too, just too right, I guess. Too easy to line up. Yeah, too easy. So on that note, have you had any sort of weird memories or anything like that? What do you mean? Hold on. Before we jump to that. On that note. Well, no, no. Before we jump to that, because that, we're definitely going to get to that. Don't worry. We're we're not forgetting that. I want to hear about that. Um, I remember you told me that there's a lot of confidentiality rules and you were kind of able to true detective your way through uh, how you figured this out. I don't want to jump over this, this aspect of the story 
Yeah, um, it it came from you know the friend who now lives in Chicago, who said, you know, I work with this lady. We sit next to each other at the you know it, the insurance company, and her daughter is friends with someone named Erica. And Erica's husband just died. He was an artist, and we think you were matched up with him for the heart. And, um, and he'd come to visit in the hospital and he was telling me this. I said, well, tell your friend, this is kind of weird. You know, tell your friend to tell her daughter to tell her best friend, Erica, that I suspect I'm a match. So we're, we're playing a game so, of telephone. That's basically four people. Yes. To get one message so me down. telling Brody who told his coworker, who told her daughter, who told Erica. And there, you can't explicitly go out of your way to ask. You have to figure it out this way because there's a lot of legality where if, if, you're, if you're given something uh, like he was, you, you just, you're not, it's supposed to remain anonymous. Yeah. I, I still feel like my question did not need to be it's you know, get, usurped by the timeline. Question. I'm trying to go linear for the listeners here. Yeah. Uh, linear. It was linear, so linear. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I was going to figure now, in the last third. Dave, with can that, we hear about your your strange there, feelings and your memories from after the? Hold heart on, hold on, no, no, hold no, on. He's not even done with this part. Yeah, let, he is. Let him finish. Let him finish. Well, real quick, just to, for law, um, there is it's for the audience. I've heard it. There are uh, <laughs> confidentiality for privacy of both the donor and the recipient. So, for my family's privacy, you know. Um, my husband, Ty, and I weren't exactly sure we wanted, like, the whole world to know what was going on. And I don't know that, you know, Matt's parents and his, uh, you know, the Erica, and, you know, they had a five-year-old son at the time. Yeah. So, Logan, you know, for his protection, he, it, even at this point, Logan does not know anything more than I'm a friend of the family. We haven't really talked to him about who I am yet. That's why I'm tearing up. Until he, all, all I can think about is his son, uh, who I met several times. Yeah. No, I, I've definitely met Logan. and So we just wanted to be careful with that. But the, uh, the company that takes care of the whole transplant procedure is called LifeLink here in Florida. And so LifeLink, you have to write the letter and you hand it to your doctor. And then the doctor gives it to LifeLink who reads it to make sure there's nothing inappropriate. You don't want to, you know, upset the family, the donor family. And so then they reseal it, deliver it to the donor's doctor who delivers it to the family. So we had to go through those steps. And then when Erica wrote me back, same thing. She had to say, you know, she had to be completely anonymous and just say, um, she was allowed to, I think at that point she was allowed to use his name because I had reached out to them first, but she didn't use the last name. She just said Matt. And uh, there had been a mistake when they had like right after the transplant, like the day of the transplant, the family was told that the heart went to an artist in Apollo beach, Florida, who lived with his wife. And they were like, okay, that's great. That Wow. He went to an artist. That's amazing. But then when, the friend approached and said, well, you know, it went to this guy that a friend of a friend, my mom's co my mom's coworkers friend. And he's not married to a woman. He's married to a man. So there was some doubt 
there as to whether or not it was real. But then once she got, once Erica got the letter from me, it was confirmed that yes, that's who I was. Cause I said in the letter, my husband and I were very grateful for this gift. So at that point, we were supposed to sign legal documentation, get it notarized. It had to go through LifeLink's lawyers for all this privacy stuff. And we decided we didn't want to do that. We were too anxious. So we found each other on Facebook. Well, they had already found me on Facebook and I'd already found them. But we contacted each other on Facebook and then she texted me and said, okay, let's meet at this restaurant. I'll bring... Matt's dad and stepmom and uh, rare Facebook doing something well. <laughs> yeah, fine, right? The, the, one of the or, few times. Or gossip. Let's see how the story ends. <laughs> yeah. So we met at a restaurant. Uh, so I met Erica and Mick and Inga, and we uh, we left Logan out of the first meeting. And then we met a few weeks later at the uh, there is a art festival in St. Pete for the muralists. And I don't remember the name of that festival, but we, I got invited there and we did it. Erica and I did a interview with the Tampa Bay times there. And then I'm, that's where I met a lot of Matt's other artist friends. And that kind of opened the door for me to show my art at galleries in the St. Pete area and sort of, it's like riding the coattails of somebody very famous because I was a relatively unknown artist. And suddenly there's all this buzz that, you know, I have Matt's heart and then I'm carrying on Matt's legacy. And so that just kind of kickstarted things for me that way. So does, I hope that answers your question. Law yeah. Yeah. As far as like yeah I mean, I that alone is crazy that, that, that I, after the heart transplant, you personally, you know, took off. Yeah, like that. That thing is like part of you know your story and all that. Which, when it comes to art, that's a big deal. You know. Yeah. Well, it, it, oh, art, so art can kind of explain what's t- tough to explain in a in a weird uh, extrapolating yeah. kind of way. For this. Well, story. you know, we both he he painted murals. I paint large panels. I do uh, acrylic <laughs> on canvas, thirty by forty. Is that on your uh, no, no, I just think it's funny that you also paint. You don't paint murals, but you also paint large uh, canvases and all that. Yeah, I, mean, I painted murals in high school, like the, you know, the art, uh, art room walls and the sure. door of the art room in high school back in the eighties. Um, so I've done smaller murals, but I did large panels. You know, Matt had what his family and friends call an alter ego named Bear. And he painted pictures of bears. And my nickname is Bear, Whoa. and I paint pictures of bears as well <laughs> in a very similar pop culture, don't pop art style. Don't, don't make the easy gay joke. I know you want to. Oh, no. I'm my mind is I'm too I'm, blown no, I know. to uh, be we have, like the we fact have, that you we both... got to throw some jokes in here or else I'm going to just be wailing. I know. I know. <laughs> no, but he um, he he was definitely a an intense artist that – you're right. Had a, had a thing for bears. Uh, That's so crazy. And he was, uh, dare I say, tortured in some sense of, of being an artist sometimes where he was, I'm like, what'd you do last night? Why are you so tired? He's like, I was up till 4, 4 a.m. painting. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I've never written jokes like that. Uh, okay. Before we have to wrap it up, though, I do want to hear right. some no, like, weird to that. stuff yeah, I that, that, that has happened. When I first had the transplant, and, you know, these are, these doctors are, you know, super, I mean, you think of these are heart surgeons. 
So they're not like going to be superstitious and all like, Ooh, the paranormal and all that stuff. But they did say, you know, listen, we've done this enough. We've done thousands of heart transplants here at Tampa general. And you need to know that you may have cravings or you may have feelings that you've not had before. And we cannot scientifically explain it, but all we know is that it's real. Huh. I it, didn't know that the doctors would tell you that. The doctors That's told crazy. me this. And I'm like, okay. So I'm, they said, you'll probably have, they said, you know, we had a patient that had a heart transplant that could not stand watermelon. He hated watermelon. And then after the transplant, he couldn't eat enough watermelon. He loved watermelon. And after meeting the donor family, make a it turned out that the donor <laughs> loved watermelon. Mm-hmm. So I started having cravings for milk. And I'm kind of, I don't want to say I'm lactose intolerant because it doesn't bother my, my stomach, but I do get like really phlegmy and I just don't do well with dairy. Not a fan. But since the transplant, so for the last, what has it been now? 18, 19, 20, last three years, I have milk every night with dinner. I have milk with cereal in the morning. And that's the first thing I asked the family when I met them. I'm like, Erica. Did Matt drink a lot of milk? She's like, every morning he had cereal. He Whoa. loved milk. Creepy. And that's just one of many things I have. I have to be, I want to be careful this next part because I don't know. I never met Matt and I don't know his family well enough to really say that. We'll just say that I'm a very calm person, but after the transplant, there are things especially if it, if it has to do with like social injustice or, you know, hurting animals or hurting children or anything like that. Like there's this anger like that builds up inside of me and I can just have this outburst and friends and family, my husband will say, that's new for you. And so I'm only guessing here that I think at some point Matt may have had that. that just feels like Matt to me. I, that's a weird thing to say. I know. No, but no, no, no. He, he was, he was, he would tell me a lot of stories that were about him losing temper, uh, and art kind of, kind of calmed him down a lot of times. Huh. Like a and lot of, like a lot that. of artists, honestly. That's crazy. So I do feel that there are times where I'm like, I'll just be like really angry over not, not stupid stuff. Not, I'm not like a, you know, Karen, but there'll be times <laughs> where something will happen. I'll be like, that is just so, you know, whatever. And I'll just feel really angry. And I think there are a couple of times, like out in public, I've said something to somebody like, you know, you don't be a dick, you know, don't, don't say that, you know, somebody mistreating like a cashier at public. So I'll be like, you know, fuck you. Don't, don't treat her that way. Don't treat him that way. And, you know, it, it all makes sense. Whoever I'm to looks at me like, where did that come from? I'm like, that feels like Matt. That feels well, like Matt. If, if it helps, it does make sense to his character. He had a lot of, he loved the vigilante stuff. He loved wow. the, the sticking up for the little guy. Like he loved, he loved talking to me about comedy because he felt like it was, it was the anti-establishment kind of thing, um, which he had a lot of. I thought you yeah. might say you were going to start liking girls <laughs> yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. So I that would be weird. I, yeah. my hey, it's, <laughs> I mean, the way that you know, it's completely, it's changing your personality in that way. Who knows? Like, I, this, it wouldn't surprise me if it hasn't happened. This before. used to be a corny kind of uh, trope in in movies back in the day. Like, you you get someone else's heart and you become them, kind of thing. But they, yeah. uh, when we talked in May, and I just tried to Google search it again, I forget the the phenomenon it's called. I just put heart trans heart transplant phenomenon. But there is 
studies out there that from long ago about people experiencing the same thing. And mm-hmm. it, and it's nothing, it's nothing catastrophic like that. Having a little bit of more anger, that might be the most extreme of it. But yeah, there are these like, I never liked milk and now I love milk. I, yeah. it, it's strange. So yeah. it's not There's enough to be things. so salacious, but it is, it is like you have a piece of someone else in you. Uh, like this weekend I felt because. driven to, I have a painting I started that I just kind of set aside for a year. I could just sat for a year. And this weekend I could just feel like I could, I've got to finish that painting. And I started working on it again. And it's hard to describe if you, if you've never experienced it, it's almost like, because I mean, physically, technically he is inside of me. The DNA of his heart does not change. It remains his DNA. So his DNA is there. It's literally pumping blood through your body. It is. It is. And so I just, maybe it asks everyone to be like, Oh, I've got to do this art. Like it's different than like, okay, like I was focusing on more of uh, architecture and doing like a lot of, of uh, buildings and art deco type art. And then all of a sudden I'm like, no, that's the wrong direction. I'm feeling drawn to go back to more social realism, propaganda style art. And to me that that's Matt inside of me. That's Matt speaking to me mm-hmm. as weird as that sounds. And I don't expect any listener to understand that, but it is definitely Matt speaking to me in some form. Well, um, we've got to wrap it up, but um, if anybody's listening and has something to add to this story and can't find your Wix website, mm-hmm. um, they can get a hold of us and we'll, we'll connect you with them. Um, okay. Any Anything we left out, I, I wanted to make sure you had enough time to kind of go over it. at my notes. No, um, notes. Wow. You're more no, prepared, I do, I put, yeah, more prepared than like, we are. Well, <laughs> only because you know, the stroke in 2017 has it where there's especially short-term memory. Like there's just times where I like I'll glitch out and be like, Oh, I don't even remember the name of that. Or I don't remember. Sure. Whatever. So I, I have to write stuff down, but I did write down. This is, this is a stretch, but I've, I've told other people this when, uh, when I met Erica, she gave me the, the, uh, like the flyer that they had at his funeral or his celebration of life. And then she also gave me his paintbrush, one of his paintbrushes. So I have that framed uh, in our bedroom, and that's like my constant reminder of Matt's gift. But on there, he had said that the arrangements were done by the Blount and Curry yep. Funeral Home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my last name is Curry, so that was just another one of those weird little things that keeps every once in a while I will learn something new that pops up. So I guess the message I would really like listeners to understand is that you know, there, there are no coincidences. There are no right. accidents. The universe works however it works. And just as things come to you, just be open to it and accept it. Yeah. Love it. Let it happen. Yes. Well, we appreciate you coming on and telling the story uh, at length. And um, yeah, we'll connect anybody. You forgot. Right. This is sweat equity. <laughs> um, <laughs> I appreciate you coming on and telling your story. Man. All right. Thanks both of you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. See you, buddy.